welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by a lovely guest, Meg Faith. Meg is the host of the support space for the Baroness, which is a compassionate community for people who have experienced infertility, pregnancy loss, and are currently going through IVF or fertility treatments, or have had any general difficulties in their pathway to parenthood. Meg joins us today to share her fertility journey and her details and how to connect with her would also be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today and uh, welcome Meg. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yay. <laughs> so we always say uh, to start off, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so I live in California. Yeah. Um, I work at a nonprofit organization that helps uh, people with limited income or experiencing homelessness connect to their basic needs um, and have really appreciated feeling a part of a really strong community through that work. And so community has always been very important to me um, in the infertility space, my infertility life. Uh, I've been, my husband and I have been trying to start a family for a few years and unsuccessful at first in, in getting pregnant, but really my biggest challenge has been recurrent miscarriages. So we're currently doing IVF so that we can try to make sure we're only transferring chromosomally normal embryos and, and give ourselves the best possible chance. Yeah. Thanks so much for showing that. I'm so sorry about your losses. Thank you. Uh, and wonderful that you live in California. I love California. I've been there a couple of times and it just seems like one of the best places in the world. So yeah, so some, <laughs> sometimes I can't believe I live here. I'm from, I grew up in Chicago, so... <sighs> You know, Chicago, you don't really leave. It's different, Chicago. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you need is right there, but you don't leave it. Whereas, gosh, California, I, I don't know when anyone gets their laundry done because every weekend they're adventuring somewhere. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, wow, California, amazing. Yeah. Good yeah, I you. feel very lucky. <laughs> so, of course, you touched a little bit about your uh, journey so far when you did the introduction, but I wonder if you'd uh, be able to share some of your fertility journey uh, so far as much or as little as you'd like to share. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I really feel like my, my start in, in really identifying as, as infertility as somebody just simply struggling to, to have a child myself was after my first miscarriage, which was a missed miscarriage. Um, so my body didn't recognize that, you know, nothing was growing anymore. And that was really challenging because, you know, we often go into those first positive pregnancies with so much optimism, uh, mm -hmm. even though we always hear, everybody says like, you know, you never know and anything could happen. Once you're in it, you know, you're reading all the pregnancy books and you're, you know, your head is in that space. Um, but then I got quickly pregnant again afterward. So they always say like, oh, you know, a lot of people have miscarriages, which I find very hurtful to say. I always really dislike that because just because it happens to a lot of people doesn't really make it any easier. Exactly. Um, but we, you know, we 
then lost that pregnancy. Um, and then it happened again. And at least in the United States, you, you typically can't see a specialist or get insurance coverage to see a specialist until you've been trying for a certain amount of time or had so many losses. So once I had my third miscarriage, I, I became eligible to actually really explore what was going on, which is also a bit unfair because I it knew is. something was going on earlier. Uh, that's one thing I always say to people. I'm like, you know, if you can advocate to get tests sooner, definitely do that. Um, so it was at that time we, you know, we started running some tests. We started seeing what was going on. Um, and through the many months it takes to do that, I wish that we could just go in for a weekend and test for everything <laughs> and know yeah. it takes a really long time. That's how I learned that I have endometriosis, which was the most, um, reassuring diagnosis because I've had such painful periods since I was 11 years old. And, you know, they just kind of put you on birth control. No one listened. And I wanted to call every past doctor and say, aha, I told you. So. <laughs> I knew something was wrong. Yeah. I knew that was too painful. I knew I wasn't just weak. I knew that if it was keeping me up at night, something was wrong. Yeah. That was, you know, that was one where I was a little bit like, yeah, of course. Um, I also learned I have adenomyosis, which I hadn't even heard of before, and still am learning a lot about what that means, as well as a malarian abnormality. My uterus is a little, little misshapen. So just this whole slew of things, but at the same time, we never tested the miscarriages. So it's hard to know if those were the cause of losses. Uh, and my, my specialist thinks, you know, most likely as well, there's just also your, as we get older, we risk chromosomal abnormalities, we risk um, just egg quality issues. So, so we moved into IVF. We, I feel incredibly fortunate. IVF is such a privilege to be able to do. It's so expensive in the United States. Um, and we have some insurance coverage for it, which really made it possible. I do not take that for granted at all. Uh, and so I've done IVF now, what I thought would be a few weeks, but have been in it for almost a year. We did two egg retrievals, uh, one transfer, which failed, and then a mock transfer cycle to do an ERA, look at uh, the receptivity of my lining, as well as a receptiva. And I tried another transfer last month, but we didn't end up transferring. We canceled that cycle because things just didn't look perfect and you really want everything to be perfect. So that's, yeah. that's where we're at. We hope to start trying a transfer again soon. I'm currently waiting for, waiting for my period, just every day looking and yeah. saying, are we here yet? Are we ready to go? <laughs> it's crazy when you're waiting for it to come, but this is what it come, right? It's, it's... It never comes. I'm like, what is going on here? You were, you were like clockwork for years. I've heard mm -hmm. that can, uh, can change the length of your cycle. Um, but I also think the universe sometimes just plays these little jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah. Wow, thanks so much for sharing. I'm so sorry about your losses again. And of Thank course, you. the failed transfer as well, because, you know, even that, a failed transfer, because there's so much hopes attached to it, and it's an embryo or embryos that will transfer. So yeah. it is a loss as well. Um, Absolutely. I think, you know, honestly, in some ways, that that hit me harder because yeah. we worked so hard to make those embryos. Exactly. And I felt like, you know, it's finally in the hands of science. 
we're yeah. doing the work, we're doing the injections. I love science. I thought finally mm-hmm. it's, it's out of my hands a little bit. So that one, that one was hard in a different way. It is. And sometimes people don't understand that, right? Because they're thinking, well, it's not really. I'm like, well, it is really. Because there's a lot that, you know, like you said, you work so hard to get there. The whole process, the whole thinking, the whole hopes and dreams starts before you actually do the transfer. So when you yeah. do the transfer, you're like, okay, finally, this is it, right? Like, I'm pregnant, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Leah, you know, I think for the first time in a while, I I had that optimism again, the the later pregnancies, I didn't feel as optimistic, but you know, we were back to let's, let's take photos today. Let's yeah. act as if this is, this is the one. And, and I still hope to, to be optimistic like that. I, it's definitely hard, but you know, I, I often try to protect my heart by saying yeah. this might not work, but at the same time, if it does work, I want to know that, you know, that I created those Mem- positive memories too exactly exactly and that's it's, it's so hard to find that perfect combination right or balance rather because Absolutely. like you said you're protecting yourself but you also want those memories just in yeah. case right absolutely wow and you know you've mentioned that of course you've had quite a few losses and it's how you as you highlighted in the state you kind of have to experienced three losses before people want further testing which I've heard as well in a couple of other countries and I just think it's crazy that we need to wait to that point if something could have been perhaps fixed much earlier yeah Um, I totally agree it seems to me to be you know I, I often say to people like infertility and pregnancy loss is a is a symptom of something medical going on And we just don't know what that is. And yet it seems to be the only medical condition where you can have this very serious loss, this physical loss. And then they say, well, let's wait and see if it happens two more times. Yeah. (laughs) Like seriously. Yeah. (laughs) You don't even need to go through that once. Talk this two more times just to be sure. Absolutely. Like all of our other organs, we check right away. If something is wrong with any other organ, they'll check. But when it's our uterus, they're like, well, let's wait and see. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. I hope things do change. And with all your advocacy work and everything happening in the community, I hope that, you know, changes happen, positive changes and things get much better for the younger generation, for sure. I hope so too. And with with the losses, and I, you know, I have experienced uh, multiple losses and I know that it's very difficult. How, how have you, well, what is, what would you say that has helped you through those losses? Um, you know, it's, it's a tough question to answer because some days I feel like I have found things that really help, but as much as we all find what helps, I do try to make sure people know, admittedly, I have days that are just going to be really hard. And I, uh, and I know, you know, some, I will just be driving and suddenly feel very blue, you know, so, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I just, all of a sudden just feel really down. And it's usually those moments where I realize, you know, this is just, it feels unfair to be going through this. It's so hard. It's so tiring. And so I, I try to allow those feelings because what I've realized is I will have periods where I feel really down but I've always then later felt better some days. So when I get to a period that I'm feeling really down, I remind myself, I can, I can feel this. I can let these feelings happen knowing that it's not permanent. It, 
none of this will last forever. Even IVF can't go on forever, no matter which, the only guarantee in IVF is that it eventually ends. So I always remind myself of that. Um, I have some self-care tools that are healthy for me, like going for walks and, you know, taking a nice bath and working out. And then I have some that are not as healthy, like binge watching Netflix for hours and, you know, drinking wine. And I, I do what feels right. In truth, the biggest change for me has been, it took a long time for me to realize this was even an option, but I stopped trying to make my support network from my existing friends. I stopped trying to think like, okay, I need to get support from the people I already know. And I started saying, how do I find support from people that have been through this or are going through it? Because they're really the only ones that will understand. I have such wonderful people in my life, but they couldn't really understand that pain. So so that's when I started uh, the For the Baroness blog and started sharing on Instagram and connecting to people. And oof, it's just so nice when I share a feeling like how I sometimes am driving in my car and suddenly feel blue and to have 10 people chime in and say, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I get that. Um, so that, that's been a really big help to me as well. That's amazing. I think it's not for sharing that uh, because like I said, if you haven't experienced it, no matter how amazing you are you just wouldn't get it yeah just and it's not because you're not trying to be a supportive friend but it's just an understand so having that support and having people that you connect with in the community is so amazing absolutely that you're not alone and i love that you said which i said to myself like oh i need to definitely post it and reference that you said this to me today the only guarantee in ivf is that eventually it ends mm-hmm. yeah so true yeah and of course you mentioned how you started your social media page for the baroness and how you've not connected with other people but knowing that losses pregnancy losses and infertility as such have been subjects right people don't really want to talk about it uh people just want you to somehow deal with it in you know somehow within yourself without having to talk too much about it so I know you mentioned the fact that you've now connected with people through your page, but why did you decide to start speaking about it and talking about losses, even though it's such a difficult topic and you sharing the fact that some days are hard, some days are good. So people have a realistic expectation and understanding of what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it took me a while to, to share more openly. When I first started the page, I... I wasn't really intending to share much of myself at all. I was using it as a way to see what others were saying. And I think from there, I realized that people weren't always saying that much. And it's really hard to find anyone whose story is unique as your own. All of our stories are very unique. You know, it's, it's not just general infertility. It's all these different diagnostics and when I had my first uh, miscarriage, which was a missed miscarriage. So, you know, I needed, I needed medical intervention to get my body to realize what was happening. I needed to go through that. And having that process was so painful physically and people never really warned me of that. I was anticipating feeling emotionally sad. I was anticipating, you know, a few, you know, really, really hard emotional days or weeks 
but the actual physical pain from from miscarrying was surprising and I wasn't prepared and I could not, you know, they, they were like, Oh, you'll feel some cramps, but I was in a bathtub for days. It was messy. It was painful. And I couldn't find resources on like how to deal with the physical. I kept Googling how to, you know, cope with pregnancy loss and miscarriage. And it's a lot of emotional support, but then I had to like really dig deep and say, how do I address like the physical part that I've been bleeding for days that I have, you know, that I didn't know that, you know, that I would have contractions. Nobody warned me of this. So there were all these really surprising moments and that was very, very difficult. And I realized I don't want anyone else to feel surprised by that. And these are such hard conversations and it's so, it's scary to talk about. It's taboo, both for people who, you know, there's a stigma just around pregnancy loss, but it's also very taboo because people who are pregnant are afraid to hear those details. And you don't want to hear so much about loss. You want to believe that your pregnancy is going to be healthy. And we hope so much that it will. But I think I could have dealt a little better if I had a little bit of an expectation of what would be coming. So, so I, I just realized that I wanted, I want other people to know what to expect. And then after that loss, I realized there's so much more that we all need to know and know what to expect. IVF is complicated. And I don't think people realize that they, it's not usually a six week process that it's more than just injections that it's often daily ultrasounds and they're, you know, it, I didn't realize how much it would affect my work. I didn't realize how much it would affect my schedule and my relationships and my body, um, so the more I'm in this journey, the more I learn, and then the more I want people to know, so they don't have to learn the hard way. So that's a big reason I try to share my story. Um, I also learn so much from other people. I post questions. I say, I'm about to do, you know, this ERA. I've never done it. Has anyone done it? And I learn from them. They say, yes, and you should prepare by having these tools ready for when you get home. And that helps so much. So it's, it's really a support of one another that I think is incredible about this. It might be the only online community I've ever seen that's genuinely kind all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I haven't, across my fingers, but I haven't seen cruelty in this online community, which is rare for the internet. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and thank you so much, uh, you know, for choosing to to uh, start your page. Uh, I know you've highlighted many reasons why you started it and it's amazing. You're doing an incredible um, job and work on your page and lots of advocacy and even all those questions you're posting. Some people will come on there and learn so much from it as well. Even if they never comment or like, mm -hmm. people seeing those posts and being helped and changed by it. So thank you so much for all you're doing. Yeah. Uh, to raise awareness and educate people as well. And of course, you mentioned the fact that pregnancy loss is still highly such a taboo subject. Um, and there's so much silence in, around it, but yet we hear that one in four pregnancies end. So that means a lot of people might have experienced it and dealing with it in isolation and in silence. What can we do in your opinion to try to normalize these conversations? Of course, you know, you having your page is amazing. It's one of the yeah. amazing things that we can do, but what else would you say that we can do to try to normalize these conversations? 
Um, that's a great question. You know, it, it really is interesting when I do share with someone in, in the, my real life, what we're going through more often than I ever anticipated. Someone will say, even when they have children, they'll say, yeah, you know, it was hard for us as well. And I never knew that. And so I think that um, when people share, even when they share the children that they do have, or they share successful pregnancies, if it was a hard journey, you know, that can be a part of your pregnancy announcement. Because there was a, a friend I went to college with that I lost touch with a bit since college, but she shared a, a pregnancy announcement. And in that announcement, she wrote, this was not an easy journey. We did IVF to get here. And it was one of the first pregnancy announcements I felt comforted by. And I messaged her and I said, thank you so much. You know, I know we haven't chatted in a while, but I'm actually going through this right now. And now we've been chatting more. And I'm so grateful that she used that announcement as an opportunity to share what she'd been through. Yeah. At the same time, I know that it's not comfortable for everyone. It took me a really long time to share more openly, and I still struggle with it with people in, in you know, my workplace, in my real life. It's a hard thing to talk about. I do wish the medical field and our health education talked about it more. I went, I, you know, I, I grew up in a public school system that spent a lot of time teaching us how not to get pregnant <laughs> Yeah, um, and never do they. And we learned about pregnancy. You know, I learned in high school about what's happening in the trimesters. And I, I, I distinctly remember a quiz, like identifying the zygote, but never did I hear about loss, about what to look for, about symptoms, about that experience. So we can make it a part of our health education and gynecology can talk about it more. I do believe that OBGYNs need a little bit more experience that I've seen in infertility. Um, I, you know, all three of my losses, I was still seeing an OBGYN, not a, not an infertility specialist. And I'd have to walk out into the waiting room, you know, having learned of this loss with you know, all these visibly pregnant women. And then, you know, the receptionists, you know, still asking me, oh, when's your due date and things like that. And so I think a little bit more compassion training for those who work in the field can help so much. It can help us feel less isolated. So, so I think it's both, you know, we can share our own stories more, but also the people who are in this field that are teaching us that we're learning from that we're relying on can do a better job of remembering that one in four of their patients are probably going to go through this. And that, that would just help tremendously. It would have helped me a lot as well, or maybe have a different exit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. So well said, Meg, really, really helpful. And like, like you, like you, I did like the fact that your friend put that in part of the pregnancy announcement because otherwise people don't realize that there's so many others that might have experienced something similar. We only really see the success stories. And I think that also can be misleading because it causes people to say things like, oh, you'll definitely have a baby one day, but they don't really know that. Um, But, you know, when all they see is, is healthy babies, that's, that's kind of what they anticipate. I, I have found it very, very helpful to remember that people who have not gone through it, they mean well, and they want to often be supportive, but it takes stamina to be a supportive friend for so many years. That's a hard task of someone. So if you can find a community, whether or not it is a stranger that you send a DM to on the internet, like send me a DM. I love to get those. Um, If you talk to me on the internet, I love connecting. That will even just, I have found feels better 
than when I spent months not talking to anyone about it. Yeah. Well, so thank you for sharing. And yeah. of course, you're speaking about friends supporting, uh, you know, finding ways or trying to be supportive. So what would you say for anyone listening that has an experience of loss or even has an experience in fertility? And what would you say as some of the ways that they can support their friends or family or colleagues who have experienced a loss? Mm. Um, I think following infertility pages on social media, you will learn so much about what not to say. We, we, you know, it's like constant jokes about the things that people say that, you know, telling someone to just relax or take a vacation. Um, I think that if everyone could remember that it is a medical condition, infertility is the symptom because of something medical going on. We might not know what that condition is yet, but also remembering that it infiltrates all aspect of our lives. It is, you know, there was a study recently that showed that the mental health deterioration is similar to when people go through cancer. Um, and it's, it's just so challenging. And so the best thing that you can really do is not try to, you know, say things like stay positive or anything, but really just hear and listen to someone and be there for them. Um, I, you know, I think my, my greatest supportive friends are the ones who will you know, let me talk about it when I want to talk about it. And they'll say like, Hey, do you want to talk about what you're doing this month? Or they'll say like, do you want a distraction? Do you want to go out for some wine and, and not talk yeah. about it and giving right. me the chance to choose, which, <laughs> which yeah. I kind of feel like, um, but also, you know, a big thing is I've just, I've really learned that intent and impact are two different things. So someone might intend to be kind, but it, it hits a little differently. And so yeah if they are truly very good friends and we all need this in our lives, being able to say, Hey, that actually felt kind of hurtful. Here's what would really help me if you said this. So when somebody says like, you know, you should just take a vacation. Someone I know took a vacation and got pregnant right away. That can feel really hurtful. It implies yeah. that you know, our years of medical conditions and, and it implies that we just haven't relaxed enough. Um, and I promise you, I've, you know, <laughs> taken vacations yeah. before. I've <laughs> Someone said to me once, they were like, you know, after years, you just, I got, I got a little drunk one night and my husband and I were pregnant right away. And I was like, I mm. promise you, it's not my wine intake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah we've definitely done that. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to say the right thing. And if a friend says the wrong thing, they mean, they don't always, you know, mean to be hurtful. Um, but if you have friends going through this, follow a couple of infertility pages, you will learn so much about what can be helpful. I actually had somebody follow me and send me a message and say, you know, I, my spouse has been going through this and I just want to learn how to support them better. And that wow. I thought was tremendous. I thought like partner of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because you just never know. And that's such a great idea to follow some different pages that what you usually follow because then you learn. Absolutely. Yeah, and listening to great podcasts like this. It's so helpful. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Listen more to this. Uh, a different podcast. I mean, I found podcasts really helpful as well because I learned so much about different people's journeys and what they experienced and what they tried and explored because sometimes you just never think about an option until you hear somebody else speak about their own journeys and then you're like, oh, yeah, I could do that. 
Absolutely. We have to advocate for ourselves. And I learn about so many testing options from podcasts, from things like this. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for sharing. And I think with losses, sometimes I also find that people try to rush you through the process, right? Because they don't want you to be sad for too long. They want you to move on, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So that way you can focus on the next pregnancy although the children will actually come uh, so can you share in your opinion some information about the importance of people not rushing you through that process and allowing you the space and time to breathe yeah um that's so true it is it is ongoing i've i've talked to people that you know, even after losses, they've then had successful pregnancies later, and they've mentioned they still feel trauma, they still grieve at times. And, you know, grief is, grief is not something that just you wake up and you don't feel it. Some days you might feel a little better. And then some days it comes back, I think it can come in waves. I noticed once I was, you know, having a relatively good month, I was feeling more optimistic, we had just started our IVF consultations. So I was feeling like, okay, we were doing something. And a friend mentioned to me like, oh, it's so great to see you You having so much more energy, you feeling so much better. And I got nervous for a second that I kind of said, I'm like, yes, but, but it might come back. (laughs) Like, don't don't just be done with supporting me yet. Next month might feel different. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Because she was right. It felt so good. It was so wonderful to feel good again, but I knew that it's not just an upward trajectory. Yeah. And, and it was about two months later that I had a really hard time, a really hard couple of weeks because it, it turned out to be the um, due date of my first pregnancy. And I didn't realize that would hit me so hard, but those milestones are really challenging. They, you know, they show you that time is passing and life isn't changing. And that was really hard because all the people that I knew that, you know, I've, I'd been watching by this time, people having their second children in the time since I was trying. And so you have these milestones that remind you that other people's lives get to keep moving forward and keep growing. And we're still in the same place. And that's why I think milestones and months passing can be hard. Um, so It is about giving people time to grieve, space to grieve, and then remembering that grief ebbs and flows. And so one day might feel really good, but you still might need to to really show someone how much you care and love them at another week. It can come back. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's so important for people to understand that. Thank you. And I'd like you to speak maybe about more about your community uh, for the virus, for anyone listening who wanted to know more about uh, your community, your support space, and of course, how they can also connect with you and reach out to you. Absolutely. So the website is orthebaroness.com. Um, I named it that because I, I just wanted to feel strong, like someone who's royal, regal. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, <laughs> um, also, we are feeling kind of barren. Yeah. Uh, so it's for everyone who feels barren at times. Uh, and it's I really have enjoyed it because it is people either sharing their personal story or I would interview them and post that. It does have tips and tools and resources that I share, but for the most part, it's just a myriad of stories and voices. And it's, 
people doing IVF because, you know, they're in same sex relationships. It's people, you know, I have people who have shared their stories that are no longer trying. They are, um, they have accepted and are embracing a child-free life and what that looks like. And people with endometriosis, it's all different stories. And the one thing we all have in common is that at some point in our lives, we have struggled to find a pathway to parenthood. Um, so I think it's really a, a cool place because I want people to see that whatever your unique situation is, and it is unique, there is someone else in the world that shares those similar feelings, pain, and maybe we can connect. Uh, so that's how I use the website. If you want to share your story, there's info on the website on how to share it, or you can just use it to read your story. The Instagram, I try to keep a little bit more lighthearted. I, my love language is creating memes, it seems. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a lot of memes. It's a lot of, I'll make a cartoon about, you know, just some of the absurd circumstances we find ourselves in, as well as just the real feelings we go through and what that might be like. Um, in the stories, I really like talking to, to people in the community, people going through this and my, you know, my real intention there is that when you come to that Instagram page, you see a post and maybe you laugh and you smirk and you say, gosh, that is exactly how ridiculous this feels sometimes. Or maybe you see it and you say, I didn't think anyone else understood why it feels so lonely. And this put it well into words. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do there. Um, there's definitely a lot of interactions. I post a lot of polls. I post a lot of questions. You might you know, find health tips on there. And I also love when people reach out to me through the DMs and just tell me how they're going and say like, today was really hard. Maybe I live in New Jersey. I can connect you to someone, things like that. So you're really just trying to create this safe community. Excellent. You've been an amazing job. Thank you. Because it is, it's making such a huge difference. And I know, yes, those names on cartoons, they definitely make you I put a smile on your face and well done and all that you're doing. Good. People um, can see all the shows I watch a lot of. It's like, wow, there's a lot of phones <laughs> on here. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But it's so cool because, I mean, with all of this, I mean, fertility, pregnancy loss is so difficult that sometimes you just need some things that would put a smile on your face, even Absolutely. while you're grieving the whole process. So thank you. Yeah. And is, so the best way to reach out to you then is on either your website or Instagram? Exactly. Yep. Perfect. And speaking more about infertility and loss, just if you could maybe share a couple of things that you wish more people knew about infertility and loss. Um, I wish people who aren't going through it remembered that it is a medical condition um, that there aren't easy solutions. And what we most often need is just to be listened to and, and to be supported. Um, and I do always tell people going through it, especially when they're new, advocate for yourself. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is that I have to request tests if I think they will help. I have to request things earlier because you know, clinics are often following a standardized protocol, but it might not be what's right for you. The experience is very trial and error, which can be very frustrating. 
um, because of how emotionally draining it is. But I always wish that I had pushed after my very first loss when I just knew in my in my instincts that something was wrong and something would be wrong for a while. I wish I had pushed then for testing, for options. I could have saved myself a lot of time. So advocate for yourself. And it's hard to do that when you don't know what to advocate for. So joining these type of support groups, these online communities helps you learn a little bit more from people who might've been through it longer. Definitely. And as a wrap up Meg, are there any words of encouragement or advice that you'd like to share with anyone listening who's currently going through their fertility journey and, it's, and perhaps has also experienced recurrent pregnancy losses? Um, I, I would just like to validate that your grief and your sadness and why this has started to feel like your whole identity, that's all real. And that's all valid feelings. You're not alone in that, but I know that not being alone doesn't make it easier. So I just, I really want to validate the, the hard days and, and see you for that and let you know that there are so many people that, that will hold you and share this with you. And we can, we can share it together. Um, and I, and I do say this to myself a lot. So if it is helpful to anyone else, I, I hope that it could be. This cannot go on forever, no matter which way it goes. I cannot feel this way forever. We won't be going through this forever. Um, so just remembering that this is a temporary part of my life and infertility is not my identity. It's just something I'm going through. Um, so that would, be, that would be my biggest message is this is not your identity and this is temporary. Such powerful words. Thank you, Meg. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, listening to you has just been amazing. I love your page. I love all that you do. Uh, but, you know, actually speaking to you and, and, you know, listening to all your tips and experience as well has been amazing. And I'm sure that even anyone listening to this episode has been encouraged, has been inspired, has also learned the importance of connecting with others to understand uh, their journeys, but also advocating for themselves. So thank you so much for sharing all that important information. It really does help people to feel less alone. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is yes. great. Thank you for coming on the show. We look forward to having you again in the near future. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.